Hello and welcome to St Matt's Church. St Matt's is a warm and welcoming church situated in High Brooms on the edge of Tunbridge Wales in Kent. You can find out more about our church by visiting our website www.stmattschurch.org.uk Jesus welcomed everyone that came to him and we want to follow his example. So we extend a warm welcome to everyone, young or old, male or female, parent or child, you're all very welcome here at St Matt's. No matter what your circumstances, we want to encourage you to join us, be that physically in the building, or via our Facebook page, YouTube channel, or through this podcast. In this podcast, Sandra brings us our reading from Luke chapter 5, verses 27 to 32, and Chris continues our autumn series of talks about finding God, as he speaks to us about finding God together. But first, let us just be still for a moment and pray. Lord, we have been focusing this term on finding God in different circumstances or stages of life. We just give thanks that no matter our circumstances, we are able to come and find you, to feel the power of your love for us, to experience your compassion and to receive your guidance. Lord, just come to us as we listen to your word through this podcast. Let us feel your love today and draw us closer to you. Amen. The reading today is taken from Luke 5, verses 27 to 32. After this, Jesus Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him, and Levi got up left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, this term we've been, we've been reflecting on how we find God in a changing world. Um, and today uh, there's a little bit of a twist. It's about how we help others uh, find God. Uh, and in particular what sort of church we should be to do that. Um, As you will remember, if you've been around all of this term, um, but if you've missed stuff, you can kind of catch up online. Um, I began this series reflecting on my study leave, which now feels like a lifetime ago. Um, And you remember that part of that was joining with others on their journey, hearing their story, how they make sense of their lives and who God has called them to be, who God's made them. Uh, and one of the things I kind of said in, in, in that was it kind of made me realise that I was on a journey, um, that my own views were and are in flux. Um, and the place I ended with that was by saying that I just hope the mo- that the most important distinctive of who we are as a church um, uh, of St Matt's would be um, that although we might be very different people, although we might have very different views that we would be a place where everybody was welcome. Um, 
you know, we, and we all face some really big issues in our changing world, and some of them seem to conflict with what church and what Christians have believed in the past. And it's hard to make sense of how we live in the light of that, and we will see that very differently. But I guess what I was trying to say was what matters is that we stay on the same page. We, we, we kind of keep with that value of welcome. Um, and that's what I want to reflect on a little bit more today. Um, we've been thinking about finding Jesus, um, about finding God in different situations. Um, and, um, and this is really all about what it means to be a church where people can find Jesus. Uh, whether we help people to find Jesus um, or whether we inadvertently become a stumbling block um, and, um, and, and turn people away from Jesus or turn people off Jesus because of how we are. Um, in short, short, how can we be a church that, that welcomes everyone? Um, and so kind of focusing on Jesus seems to me to be a good place to start. Um, and just Matt, thanks for the worship. You had no idea what I was going to talk about, but it was just kind of, it, it just kind of felt spot on for me, particularly oceans. I just, I don't know about you, I feel like we live, um, we live in, a, in a time when we're being called to step out into the unknown. Uh, it, it's not always comfortable, but that kind of sense that God is with us and before us and, it kind of, and the way that, that song kind of sums that up says, speaks volumes, really. Um, kind of, as church, we want to be like Jesus, don't we? Isn't that kind of what it's all about, really, for us? So kind of, it, it, when I read the Gospels, one of the things that I really love is the accounts of people coming to Jesus. Um, I love what they tell us about Jesus. Um, and sometimes it can be quite shocking by what it reveals of the attitudes of, of, of other people in those stories. Um, take, for example, those who brought children to Jesus in Matthew 19. I think there's a slide. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples were, hang on, um, aren't they meant to be on his side? Rebuke them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And when he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. So just to set it in context, Jesus is exhausted um, and actually the disciples are in protection mode. They've seen him give out and give out and give out and they know that he's at the end of his resources and so they try to step in and give him a break. But actually, who in their right mind turns children away from coming to Jesus? Uh, and no matter how exhausted he is, um, he has time for them. Uh, and that's just, um, just, just, just one wonderful picture. He's never too tired for anyone and no one is too insignificant for him to welcome them. Uh, and kind of, it just seems to me at the heart of the gospel is Jesus' invitation to everyone to come to him. Um, again, just Jesus' words. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, the only qualification for coming to Jesus is being broken and knowing that we need him. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I am humble in heart, 
and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What could be more straightforward than that? Young, old, male, female, black, white, straight, gay, no one is excluded by Jesus' words. Come to me, all who are weary. That's the only qualification, to know that we need him. So kind of to turn to our reading, yet again in our reading, once again, we find people who want to decide who should come to Jesus and who shouldn't. Um, and so he's gone to Levi or Matthew, as, it's, as he's called elsewhere, in his place of work and he's called him to follow him. And then he's gone to his house and there's been a party. But then we read, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belong to their sect complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And this time it's the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who have an opinion um, about who Jesus should spend time with. Um, some of you will know I've got, a lot of, um, I've got a lot of affection for the calling of Matthew, um, partly because I love Caravaggio's painting. I think we've got a picture of it. <coughs> it's literally one of my favourite paintings. Uh, I was so kind of... Um, I, I love it so much, I actually tried to recreate it myself. Um, I'll give you my version. It's not quite as good, I, have, I confess. But, it, but just as Caravaggio put his version in the context of his day... I wanted to put the context in the context of our day. Um, so my photographic version, which I still love to this day and still hangs on my lounge to this day. Um, it feels to me like Caravaggio, and I think, yes, I have as well, have taken a little bit of poetic licence with the passage. Um, it appears to me that Matthew or Levi, in the Renaissance version, appears to be more likely like he's in a tavern than he is actually in the tax collector's booth. Um, but it hints at what follows, the party at Levi's house. Um, kind of it brings together the whole of the story um, into one image. And Jesus calling this man from his previous life to follow him. Um, and then Levi throwing this great banquet for him. And, and, and today, although we're thinking about what it means for us to welcome people... The context we need to sit it in is that actually Jesus actually doesn't wait for people to come to him. Like Levi, like Matthew, he actively seeks them out. Um, he doesn't expect them to, he doesn't wait for them to find him or come to him. He goes looking to them and he goes to them wherever they are. Uh, whether it's um, fishermen on the lakeside in Galilee or tax collectors in their booth or kind of partying in a tax collector's home. Jesus seeks out people where they are. Uh, and for me, this is the big principle. Kind of the theological term for it is the incarnation. We talked a bit about that last week, actually. Jesus entering it. It's the heart and the foundation of the gospel. God takes our human flesh and he comes and he lives amongst us. He doesn't wait for us to come to him. He comes to us 
and he seeks us out. He enters our humanity. He shares our lives. Um, kind of earlier on, Mary talked about kind of our relationship with God and she's kind of started from that point of the fall in the garden where God goes looking for the man and the woman and they've eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and now they know that kind of they shouldn't be in God's presence and they're hiding away and God's words when he goes into the garden are where are you? He goes there looking for them and he can't find them and it begins a journey that goes all the way through scripture of God seeking us out. He's not content that we've gone off on our own. He actively seeks us out. And there is no greater expression of that than Jesus. Taking our humanity, showing us what God is like, showing us actually what, it, actually what it's like to be truly human too, because he's both. Seeking out, seeking out people where they are, seeking us out. So how do we apply that to how do we welcome people to those who come to us? Well, actually, surely the bottom line is that we should be like Jesus. We should be welcoming everyone. Um, it, it feels to me, though, often, it feels sometimes our values are more like the Pharisees. We kind of erect barriers that can kind of almost imply who can come in and who can't, who's welcome. Um, I'm really aware that what I'm going to do now will turn some of you off. And I apologise that. I probably shouldn't say it because it's probably going to make you go, oh yes, I'm turned off by that kind of, I'm probably inviting it. I want to do a bit of sociology. Um, yeah, I know I'm going to be talking theology, but I would like to do a little bit of sociology. Um, I would like to talk about two different models of how you can do church. And it, and it kind of owes itself to set the, the, theory, not mathematical set theory, but sociological set theory. Um, and um, kind of there's, there's kind of two different models that I would like to talk about, two different types of set, really, or group. Um, one is called bounded or closed sets, um, and, the, and um, the other is called centred or open sets. And I'm just going to begin by describing bounded sets a little bit to you. I'm sorry it's sociological speak, but actually I think it's really helpful. And in a moment, we'll use it to do some theology. We'll kind of look at the sociology and then we'll say, well, how does that speak into the passage that we've just looked at, and we'll kind of see whether it makes any sense or not. I hope it will. <coughs> I think probably traditionally most churches function as what are called bounded sets. Kind of either someone belongs or they don't. Either someone is on the inside or they are on the outside. And kind of that's a little bit of a picture about it, you know. You're either in or you're out. Um, you know, that's a bounded set. And being in means that you kind of have shared values, you do things in the same sort of way. Uh, and to come in, it's like the implication is that to come in, you have to accept those values um, and do what kind of the people inside do. Um, and actually, you could be forgiven for thinking, actually, it's not actually an unbiblical concept. The New Testament talks about... Um, about moving from the kingdom of darkness, 
being on the outside, to the kingdom of light, being on the inside. Um, we talk about committing our lives to Jesus, you know, you know coming alongside him. Um, Paul talks about what it means to be in Christ. He talks about how before we were Christians, we were outside of Christ, but when we put our faith in him, we came onto the inside. So there is kind of an inside and an outside thing that goes on in the scriptures. Um, and, and kind of what, and what it means to belong to a church kind of often is based on shared um, theological beliefs. Different, you know, even, you know, even kind of within, within church, different churches have different theological beliefs. We know that, don't we? Some are much more... Um, uh, well, some would put much greater emphasis on the Eucharist than perhaps we would. We would put a lot of our emphasis on the word of God, um, on particularly on Jesus' death on the cross, um, on, on the authority of scripture. and all. The, so we, you know, different churches would have different values and then there are kind of values that are common to all churches. Um, and along with that, there are also kind of shared values about how we ought to live, shared moral values. Um, First, you know, and at first sight, these kind of can, can seem to be very black and white. Um, they can be based on the commandments. Don't steal, don't commit adultery. Um, they can have relevance for these big issues we're talking about in life at the moment, about sexuality and gender and race and all of these things. Um, kind of the implication that Christians shouldn't live... Shouldn't, live together outside of marriage, that kind of same-sex attraction is questioned. Um, church can be very black and white, and every church, some churches will be more black and white over the issues, and some churches will be much less black and white over those issues. But they can become kind of signs of belonging, of who can come in, of how we should actually live with inside that group. Does that kind of make sense? And anyone, or am I kind of, have I just blinded you with all with science to begin with? Um, and as I say, these things can kind of, they can vary from church to church, but actually they're not always as black as white as we think they are. They can also vary from generation to generation. Um, I grew up in a time, and I've told the story before, so I won't bore you with it, but I can grow up in a time when um, you were not allowed to have fun on a Sunday. Can anyone remember that? I mean, anyone of my generation? I remember going on a youth group um, holiday and we played hockey on a Sunday afternoon and we were sworn to secrecy because we weren't allowed to play games on a Sunday afternoon. The only trouble was that one of the leaders had his fingers broken by a rather over-exuberant youth group member and we had to explain why he'd ended up in hospital and his fingers in plaster um, and it all came out that we'd be, and, and literally, there were moves in the church at that time to sack the youth worker because he had allowed us to play games on a Sunday afternoon. Now, I'm not sure that's in the scriptures. Are you? You know? Now, some of you are a bit older than me, um, and this wasn't my generation, but kind of those that were of an older generation when I was in youth group, let's go, you know, they would talk back to days when Christians didn't go to the cinema. You heard about? Yeah, that seems kind of crazy. Christians didn't dance. Christians didn't play cards. All of those were kind of no-nos for Christians. 
So kind of, actually, although you might see the things that people do and, how, and, and the kind of the, the things that are acceptable or not acceptable in churches, black and white, actually, so much of them just come out of actually what feels right or what feels wrong at that time. Um, and the trouble with this is, actually, some of this can seem biblical, but it can lead to a fortress mentality. Next picture. You know, but what we do is, you know, we, we look at the world as being a place that is not Christian and kind of we, you know, we, we, we kind of hide behind the church walls. We distance ourselves from everything that's happening in the world because it, we kind of see it as kind of going in the opposite direction to God. And actually we become gradually kind of isolated in a citadel of irrelevance if we're not careful. Um, so it seems biblical, but is it really helpful? Um, actually, it seems to me, it's actually the exact opposite of being, on in, of being incarnational. Rather than entering in, we re- retreat into our group where everyone shares the same ideas, everyone has the same beliefs and lives in the same way, um, and where it feels supposedly safe because that's, kind of, that's, that's what it means to be Christian. Um, but I think set theory offers an alternative way of looking at church kind of rather than focusing on boundaries, on who's in or who's out, or how you have to behave to come in, or any of these things, um, I think there's a better way to think about how we do church. And that's centred sets. These aren't defined by whether we're in or we're out. They're actually defined by the direction of travel. And ultimately, that's what matters. You know, are we getting closer to Jesus? Are we moving towards Jesus? Are we becoming more like Jesus? Or, and it's not a very nice thought, is it? Can I have the next slide? Um, Brilliant. I know it doesn't look much different. Are we moving in the opposite direction to Jesus? Are we kind of drifting away from Jesus? Um, Bounded sets are very black and white. You're in or you're out. You need to believe the right things. You need to live in the right sort of way. But actually, centred sets are actually much more grey. They recognise that we are all flawed, that none of us have got it sorted, and that we all need Jesus. Uh, So let's just take the sociology and let's stick it alongside the theology. So kind of if you're looking about who's in and who's out, if you're looking at bounded sets and you look at our reading, you know, who's in and who's out? Well, possibly the disciples because they're with Jesus, but actually the people that are most in are the Pharisees. If you think about them for a moment, they are theologically sound. They believe the right things. The Pharisees are the only group in Judaism before Jesus came and talked about it that believed in the resurrection of the dead. They are theologically advanced in their thinking. You know, their theology is great. They also believe strongly in the authority of God's law. Their whole lives are based on keeping God's laws um, and doing it properly. Um, they are incredibly religious. They, are, they have a strong devotional life. They put a lot of emphasis on prayer it kind of takes precedence over everything else in their lives. Now, if you were to take away the Pharisee, and you, you would kind of say, isn't that what a Christian ought to be like? Or 
you know, am I, you know, seems awfully like what we kind of aspire to be like sometimes ourselves as Christians, believing the right things, um, taking the authority of God's word seriously, living in the right sort of way. Feels like they're doing it all right. And if you were to say kind of, well, how close are they to Jesus? Well, you say they're really close to Jesus. They're doing all the stuff, right, aren't they? If you were to say, well, you know, who's on the outside? Well, clearly it's Levi the tax collector, isn't it? He's described as a tax collector. <coughs> the Pharisees just love this word, and sinners. Um, and it's kind of synonymous that he's clearly one of those. Everyone knows he's a bad guy because he's helping the Romans. It means a number of things. One, it means he's a collaborator and no one likes someone that helps the enemy. But it also means that actually he's chosen to become unclean. He's not living by the values of his religion because he's mixing with the way he is with outsiders. Um, and so he's definitely on the outside. And so if you had, to, could we grab the bounded set picture up again? Sorry. So if you were living by this, you know, the Pharisees would be sitting on the inside and Levi would be somewhere on the outside and no way could he come in unless he stopped being a tax collector and stopped working with the Romans and stopped spending time with all the people that he was spending time with. Kind of a bit of an uncomfortable thought, isn't it? But now if you look at the passage in terms of open or closed sets or centred sets, actually, who's the one that's getting closer to Jesus? Who's the ones that are moving away for Jesus? It's all very well um, kind of saying, well, actually, the Pharisees are ticking all the boxes. They're really close. But actually, in what direction are they moving in? And kind of we know the story, don't we? That they are completely offended by Jesus. Um, you, know, you know, they can't stomach Jesus. And it gets to the point when they actually go as far as to plot Jesus' death. They couldn't be going in the opposite direction any faster than they are. So believing all the right things and doing all the right things doesn't seem to solve the problem, does it? But what about Levi? He's a long way off, but what's his direction of travel? The moment that Jesus comes into his tax collector's booth and says, follow me, his life changes and he begins the pursuit of Jesus. And I just think... Isn't that a more helpful model of doing church? Not trying to decide who's in or who's out, but actually not really sitting in judgment over anyone's lives other than our own and answering the big question of, am I getting closer to Jesus or am I getting further away from Jesus? Um, am, I, am I being someone that enables others to draw near to Jesus or am I becoming a stumbling block um, that causes others to turn away from Jesus? Um, it's much more helpful than basing kind of church being kind of a tick box of things we ought to believe, how we should worship or how we should live, who's acceptable in that sort of way. Um, a lot, I first heard a guy called Rich Nason talking about this stuff, but it goes back to some missiologists called Alan Hirsch and another guy called Freeman and he writes in a, in a centred set church it's recognised that we're all sinners that we're all struggling to be the best people we can be but we all believe that the closer one gets to Christ the more Christ-like our behaviour ought to be 
No one is considered unworthy of belonging because they happen to be addicted to tobacco or because they're not married to the person they live with. And I might add this, or because they hold some doctrine which others think is heretical. Um, that centre set model recognises that life and faith is complicated. It's grey. It's not black and white. It recognises that actually we're all broken and we all need Jesus. But that ultimately everyone is welcome. We're all a work in progress. We're all on a journey, on, but we need to be on that journey together. We will not always agree. We will see some things differently. But actually, we need to work it out together and together seek to become closer to Jesus. And I think it contains within it a warning, and it, particularly for those of us that are long in the tooth and have been around a long time, that we can't be complacent about having the right theology um, or living in our life in a particular way. Um, actually, um, we, you know, we can't just look back on making a decision to follow Jesus that we made as a teenager in a mission meeting. We need to all be continually asking that question of what the direction of travel is in our lives. Is it towards Jesus? Or are we just treading water or sta and standing still? Or even worse, gradually drifting away and turning our back on him? or becoming the hindrance that stops others to come to him too. Let's pray. <coughs> Lord, we just thank you that um, you don't just welcome us, but you seek us out. Lord, would you, um, Lord, would you just help us to have your heart? Lord, would you help us to be always looking to others, looking outwardly, seeking out others, and always welcoming all that you bring. Amen. We hope that you have enjoyed this podcast and found it useful. Don't forget you can find out more about St Matt's Church on our website www.stmattschurch.org.uk. Our Sunday morning services are streamed live on our Facebook page and also on YouTube at 10am every Sunday. You can find our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com forward slash We look forward to welcoming you to one of our services or podcasts soon. Lord bless you and keep you Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the lord turn his face towards you and give you peace the lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.
His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. For you, he is for you. Ah. 